0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Good, and welcome. We have such a fun show for you this week. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to focus primarily on one show. I like to do this once in a while. kind of do, like, a review for the podcast because we are critical reviews. That's what we do here. And this week, I will be talking about Record of Ragnarok. If you guys don't know what this is or you don't want any spoilers, don't worry. This first little bit here, I'm going to talk non-spoilers, general broad strokes, these, these, uh, general brush strokes, as it were. I like that term. Eh. And then I'll flip the old spoiler switch over here and then we'll get into the, uh, the nitty gritty. But this is an anime that is on Netflix for people, uh, who are unaware of it. Popped up recently. Apparently, there's been a lot of advertisement for it. I didn't see any of that until recently, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Uh, Netflix animes, I think for a lot of people, have been hit or miss. And uh, to be honest, I don't know how many of them I have seen. But when I saw the trailer for this or I saw some information about it, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I went in pretty blind for the most part, too, because I was like, okay, uh, I don't really need to know much to get into this. But basically, what we have here is just the beginning of uh, a much larger story, as animes typically are. But Record of Ragnarok starts off with all the gods that you could possibly think of from all mythos kind of um, joined together in this kind of big arena, this area... And they're kind of discussing the fate of mankind. And they're kind of saying, well, you know, it's been a while. Mankind has been doing a lot of bad stuff. Are they worth, you know, even saving or let live for the next 1,000 years? You know, should we throw another asteroid at them? You know, should we do some other things to kind of reset it all? And then somebody steps up and actually says before the gods all decide, yeah, we should just kind of, um, you know, restart humanity as it were. Uh, Brunhilda, one of the 13 Valkyries from Norse mythos, steps up and says, Hey, you know what? I got a fun idea. How about we enact Ragnarok? Now, Ragnarok, for a lot of people who like Norse mythology, like, I, I enjoy Norse mythology. I don't know everything about it. I'm still learning a lot uh, through various sources like God of War, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but one of these days, maybe I'll read the Eddas. Pros and, and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, Ragnarok is the end of the worlds or of the realms uh, where the gods all die. Humanity still survives. But the, the interesting thing about that is that the gods kind of have to fight uh, amongst a bunch of different things and still end up losing. But for this show, what Ragnarok is, if we kind of we invoke the right of Ragnarok, it's a contest. It's a contest between the gods and the humans, which, you know, to many people, myself included, I'm like, that seems pretty one-sided. And these are, again, the gods from all different pantheons. We're talking not only Norse, but Greco-Roman, you know, uh, various Asian mythoses, too. Like, you've got um, Shiva's in there as one of them. Uh, There's a bunch, and I think there will be more as we go on. And they kind of allude to a few of them. And I'm like, oh, I want to learn more about this. But... Basically, it is a contest. It is a best of, as it were. Uh, So this show, basically, it's talking about pitting one god against one human for, I believe, it's the best of 14 rounds or something like that. So there's a lot of different rounds here, uh, 14 or 15 rounds. And basically, you have to win a majority of that, right? Uh, So... It's this kind of interesting idea right away. It feels very much like if you've watched Naruto or My Hero Academia, it feels very much like they just took the uh, tournament arc and they just pulled it out of there and was just like, this is a show. And that's one thing I really do like about this show is that it kind of jumps right into it and that is the entire premise of it. So this first bit that we get here in these first um, handful of episodes, I think there's like... 10 or 12, uh, we get three fights. We get three fights. I won't talk to you about what they are, but we get to see who wins versus the humans or the gods. And if you do like anime in general or fight anime or ones that kind of focus more on the fights, I think you'll get a kick out of it uh, to some extent. Now, I do want to warn people. I've noticed this as a common critique from other people who review anime all the time. I, I need to get my Code Geass video out there. I'm so sorry. My anime attack videos—I do like one a year. I'm so sorry, guys. But anyway, as someone who looks over anime and loves anime so much, uh, I kind of have my own tastes as well. But this this show—the biggest critique we I've seen is that it's not heavily animated as much as something like My Hero Academia or something like Fate Stay, like the Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works or Fate Zero, where those fights are like. The cream of the crop, they look gorgeous. They're just beautiful. A lot of the fights in here, they do look decent, but there's a lot of still images and a lot of kind of rumbling the camera around. So just keep that in mind. And the studio that's making this, this isn't Bones or Ufotable or something like that. Much smaller team that has assisted on other bigger anime in the past. So I don't know if this was kind of like a proof of concept or they're like, we can totally take this on. And maybe in season two and subsequent seasons, if we continue to get these, it'll really ramp up in a big way. But I just want you to know that going in. I don't think the fights look bad, per se, but they don't look to that, like, gorgeous, like, my eyes are bleeding level that you get with some of these other anime they are just so hyper-focused on the fights. So just keep that, even though that's what the show is about. That is that is kind of the at the meat of the show. So my recommendation for people who are want to talk about it, just non-spoilery, kind of want to jump to maybe other things later on the podcast so they don't get spoiled on it, is that if you like... Uh, <laughs> this is the This is the, what I'm going to kind of say is the combination here. The Fate Stay stuff, if you like, if you've ever seen Fate Stay Night, Fate Zero, and that's the the shows for people who might not know are about summoning um, heroic spirits from the past, which kind of remind me of the gods in this case uh, a little bit, or maybe the humans, kind of a middle ground. And you also like Soul Eater. It's got some of the comedy, kind of the weirdness of Soul Eater in it too. Uh, then I think you would enjoy this one. And just, it's bite sized right now. It's not super long. It's not like, uh, you know, hundreds of episodes long. It's just at the beginning of this. And also, there's a manga going on at the same time. And that still is not like all the way done. So it'll be interesting to see if they catch up to the manga and try to do their own thing. Who the heck knows? But I'd say check it out. If you've got Netflix, Give it a watch. See if you enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm gonna flip the old spoiler switch here so I can speak freely and... Oh boy, howdy, this is gonna be fun. Why do I... Why I gotta get that thing checked out. I don't know why. those Those spoiler sparks are pretty bad. Anyway, alright, so as I alluded to before... Bruin Hilda, one of the 13 Valkyries. She is kind of um, fighting on the half of humankind. She's kind of the one who's picking the people, or the humans of all time, the greatest people of all time, to fight the gods. Now, she, I believe, is like half god, half human, so there's kind of, she, she's kind of torn on this. That's why she wants to be there. But she also has kind of made a pact with her other sisters that they will help the humans in these fights. So, when a human shows up, they typically don't have a weapon, but then one of the Valkyries turns into a weapon that can fight alongside that human. So that's kind of a little more of the soul eater aspect that I'm getting at here. I didn't want to spoil that before, but yeah, so that's what happens. And no matter what happens to that human, if they win, then that the, the weapon slash Valkyrie gets to, you know, live. But if that human dies, then the Valkyrie dies as well. So these are things to keep in mind. But the same happens for the gods. They don't have Valkyries or anything, but they have divine weapons, these really, really powerful things that if they die, you know, that goes away too. So keep all of this in mind. Uh <laughs> But the first fight is the god of thunder himself, Thor from Norse mythology. Now, this is not blonde Thor. This is not your classic Marvel Thor. This is pretty different. Long red hair. He's got these big black gloves. And Mjolnir is like... As big as him, if not bigger, it's massive. Uh, And they kind of talk more and more about how Mjolnir is like actually like a living, kind of breathing creature within the hammer. But he still has like lightning, he can still, later on his best moves are like to throw it, and it goes spinning out and then spinning back. Um, then he can like catch it, and with that momentum come and swing down on somebody. That's pretty cool. Uh, but he's got these, these also kind of like these yellow kind of runes on him, too. He looks very different than uh, the Thor you and I might typically expect. But he's fighting against somebody that I thought at first was going to be like Genghis Khan or Chinggis Khan or whatnot. But then when I heard the name, and if anybody here has played Dynasty Warriors, I started yelling at Thor. I'm like, run, Thor, run for your life. Uh, but they brought out Lu Bu. Now, if you don't know Lu Bu from Dynasty Warriors and stuff like that, he's like this incredibly powerful, um, well-known spear fighter from way, way back in historical, I believe China and Asia. Um, I could be way off on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He was always like an optional boss on a lot of levels for Dynasty Warriors where the Dynasty Warriors games, third-person action games, you would like crush and rip through thousands of soldiers and he would be off to the side and you go try to fight him and he would like destroy you. Lubu is no joke. So he shows up and he doesn't have any weapon, but then a Valkyrie shoots down out of the sky and it turns into a spear for him to use. And it's an interesting, like kind of straight up fight. Uh, a lot of these these first three fights all feel pretty straightforward, uh, which is fine. Maybe they're just kind of kicking it off. I thought it was all right. Uh, I'm not going to spoil who wins because I don't. I don't want to completely do that so you guys could actually watch this and still enjoy it, because that's kind of the big thing. It's like, oh, who's this guy who's going to fight a god? But it's not completely one-sided with this fight. It seems pretty even, and Lubu is pretty nuts, so that's pretty nice, too. And again, one thing that I love about this is, like I said at the beginning, the show jumps right in. Like, it's not like they talk about all this grandiose stuff and then it shoots to some guy working in a coffee shop. And it's like, you're going to like, oh, that guy is going to be like the hero of the whole thing. And he's going to it's going to take him hundreds of episodes, but he'll get there. They don't have that. It's like it goes right into it. Uh, And a lot of the backstory and information on these heroes pops up mid fight. So uh, for people who like the fight animes, like to watch the fight, it does have that kind of classic trope in there too, where they're about to come to blows and it's just like hundreds of years ago. And you're like, oh, okay. So that's how they kind of present the information. They don't kind of front load it or back load. It's just kind of um, dispersed within there. So you do learn about these fighters, uh, even though they're kind of complete unknowns when you show up. And because this is a, a battle of the gods versus the humans and Brunhilde is kind of the main player for the humans, there's there isn't like the classic anime protagonist there's not like the one who's gonna you know right now gonna be like the one that takes the day for everybody there's no naruto there's no ichigo uh there's no uh deku or izuku midoriya that's just how it works for this one so i think that's kind of interesting too because there's so many different players so it is kind of fascinating to see how they kind of all bounce off each other or what all of them are thinking throughout this because they do a lot of reaction shots of the gods you know, watching these fights and there and like there are many of them. There's, you know, Zeus is up there. Odin's up there. Loki shows up at some point. Uh, Hermes is up there. Ares is up there. A lot of ones you and I would probably know and just kind of watching them react to the fights. I think that's kind of cool, too. Anyway, so that's fight one. Uh, pretty straightforward matchup. I kind of thought some of these fights would get even crazier, and maybe they will later on. I think they will, but these first ones are pretty much just, like, in a sand arena, just like in a coliseum, pretty much, with all the gods and a bunch of humans. I don't know if they must be deceased or whatever from the past, but um, their spirits are there watching, cheering the humans on. So, that's round one. Round two uh, actually gets a little bit weirder. So, I saw this name pop up because during round one, the... The list is released about all the humans and all the gods who will be fighting. And they don't necessarily, they kind of have like brackets. Like they're kind of, I don't know if it's, it's not going to be like a, oh, I won this round. I'm going to the next one. But they have like these, you know, you versus you, you versus you, you versus you. So they have kind of a setup for that. So the next fight is supposed to be, and get this, because this is one of the names. I was like, I got to see how they portray this guy. It's Adam, like of Adam and Eve, who shows up fully naked. He's got a leaf over himself. Uh, But he shows up and he is going to fight on behalf of mankind as the father of mankind. It's like, wait, what? Adam, okay. Uh, And it's supposed to be against Shiva. Now, Shiva's getting ready to go out there. He's got four arms, He's big blue. He's got a bunch of eyes. And then he gets stopped in the hallway. Uh, And we find out later on who that like Shiva was supposed to be the one that's supposed to go out. But this is kind of a flashback later on. But then he basically gets stopped and it's Zeus and Zeus is like old decrepit man and he kind of puts a hand on Shiva and he's like I'm taking this one and Shiva's like how dare you I'm taking this one and Zeus has that kind of classic anime like there's like a darkness in his eyes and he's got like really small little yellow pupils uh, or like I don't even, oh, not even oh, you say pupils no he's got like yellow irises and little black slits for pupils and so they kind of like zoom in on him in like a scary way where he's like I am taking this fight. So you get the sense that he's really dangerous, like super scary. And Shiva eventually acquiesce and Zeus goes out there with Hermes and Hermes is like in this butler suit and is playing on a violin, um, some, some bach for Zeus. And Zeus is like really wacky, reminds me a little bit of, um, the Grim Reaper or death from a soul leader. Just really, really whack. You can't take him seriously. But when he does get serious, he gets really scary. He gets really pumped up and jacked. And he's like not using a weapon. He's just super fast with his fists. But thankfully, Adam basically has a built-in Gun. They call it divine reflection. And he can basically take any skill that a god uses and use it back on them and also dodge everything. So it's a lot of like the same animation of him dodging side to side, but he's like Zeus is trying to hit him. Uh, but that was such a weird fight. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so interesting, because Zeus is kind of the head honcho of all the gods. So it's kind of like the head honcho of all the gods versus like the father of humanity. And they talk about Adam and Eve's backstory too, which is interesting and how um, and why Adam supposedly hates the gods so much. But actually, maybe he doesn't. He's kind of doing it to protect his children, which is humanity. Uh, And you kind of get this here and there and some really, really cool hype up announcements from the announcer who is played by Heimdall uh, from Norse Mythos. So he's like the guy he's been waiting this whole time to kind of uh, announce Ragnarok and he is like the, the shoutcaster, as it were. So he's always he's got these really great introductions for people. They really hype up the fights. Uh, and again, this is like a punch up fight. The, <laughs> the Valkyrie shows up for Adam and I was like, oh, she's gonna give him like this whole body armor thing. And it's like, nope, she just, it's like one pair of like brass knuckles. Or not even a pair, it's just one, just brass knuckle on, <laughs> on his right hand that he uses to fight Zeus with. So it's a big old punch up. Uh, but yeah, and I love getting a little bit of Zeus's backstory too, because Zeus is, like I said, kind of the, The man in charge as it were so it's fun to see him come out so early i was really surprised and you see that too because brunhilde um and one of the other valkyries who's with her they're kind of watching this and they're like whoa they're bringing out zeus already like we thought zeus would be at the end of this whole thing uh but that just goes to show that you know things can change and maybe these rules are gonna get broken and then we move into the third fight which i thought was going to be a little bit more flashy than it was because basically they flood most of the entire arena, except for a small spot in the middle, which still has sand on it. And then out comes the ruler of the deep, Poseidon. Comes out with his trident, uh, and he is all about perfection. He actually, uh, they kind of talk about his backstory and that he killed one of the other gods. There used to be 13 gods, and he just one day got tired of him, and he just killed him. And all the other gods, especially like in the, um, the Greek mythos, besides maybe... Zeus are actually pretty, af- like, kind of afraid or respect Poseidon, because Poseidon is this really scary, powerful fighter. So he shows up, and then this is where one of the um, lesser knowns comes up, and that is a very kind of infamous uh, sword wielder from Japan way, way back in the day. His name is Kojiro, and he is a, a sword master that never wanna fight. Which sounds kind of weird because, like, they're looking at all the other sword masters they have in the audience, this, like, um, these spirits that are there, and they had won so many different fights. But what this guy would do is he would go, he would fight somebody who was way better than he was. He would lose and say, I forfeit. Uh, but then he would go and he would train and he would think about all the different ways how to beat this person and, like, That is how he learned to do it. So he would beat them in his mind. So over time, he became the greatest swordmaster on the planet, but of like the katana, but he never won a duel. So it was this kind of weird thing where like he can look at an opponent and he can, he can make up every different possible outcome of what could happen. So the first part of the fight with Poseidon is him just standing there, kind of looking at him, and he's like, okay, if I do this, I'll die. If I do this, I'll die. If I do this, I'll die. So there's that kind of interesting uh, thought process towards it. So this, it's more of a mind game, and if you go back to, again, Naruto, he's much more of a Shikamaru type. He's gonna He's going to think it through first, which I don't know how that completely works, but I thought it was an interesting take on a sword master, one who um, has never won versus Poseidon who has never lost. So (laughs) that kind of idea. And I thought this fight was going to be flashier because I thought Poseidon would bring water into the arena, like he would actually control it and all that stuff. Doesn't really do that, Uh, just to keep that in mind with you guys, because there's like a few times where I keep thinking, oh, the gods are going to use something really crazy here. And they could, but they don't necessarily. So yeah, they look down on the humans, they don't always go all out on them. Uh some of them do, like Thor versus Lubu. Lubu kind of earned it and Thor was like, okay, I will I'll take this fight seriously. Uh but so that's the last fight of the three. And again, this is like what, twelve episodes or something, so it's three fights, so there's kind of, you know, four episodes per fight. And I just wanted to keep watching because I was like, oh I want to see what's coming next, because the next fight, I think. Is So weird and fascinating to me. They changed the arena once again to mid-century London uh, or turn of the century London, I should say. And one of the names that have popped up was one that I was always just interested in and I usually am in these types of shows. And that is Jack the Ripper will be going up against Hercules what? Like, and apparently this is one of the longest fights in the manga so far. And I was like, oh my gosh. And there's all the buildings and stuff too. And they like show Jack the Ripper, like he takes his mask off. And there's a bunch of like police spirits in the crowd who are like, oh, he's right there. We've been trying to figure this out forever. So I'm really curious to see what kind of abilities they give Jack versus Hercules. Because Hercules, again, you can kind of figure some of the stuff that he can do, but because it's their own thing that they're making here, they could give him a lot of different powers and things like that. So what I'm saying is that even at the end of the show, I wanted more of it. I was like, this is interesting. This is cool enough. And I think the, the premise, the world is interesting enough that makes me want to keep watching, even if the fights aren't overly animated in the way that I've been just so spoiled with when it comes to these other kind of favorite anime of mine. And that's totally fine. Uh, so I'm really hoping that on season two and subsequent seasons, they kind of can up the game a bit more because there's a lot of potential here and there's a lot of really cool designs and a lot of interesting characters. I just, I don't know. And there's kind of some maybe backdoor shady deals happening between Brunhilde and one of the gods. So you kind of get this like, oh, what's like, you know, what's going to happen here? So I think as this goes on, the drama is just going to ramp and ramp and ramp and ramp uh, up and up. So I oh man, I'm interested to see where it goes and I will definitely be checking out season two uh whenever it comes out hopefully hopefully it does (laughs) i never know what these shows i'm always like waiting to see you know but i want to talk about it now because it just came out and i was like yeah you know you can touch on it but yeah so this is record of ragnarok not record of ragnarok kind of looks like that um but yeah so i'm really curious if anybody here has seen it or has an interest in it or maybe you're just hearing about it for the first time and you're kind of like oh Maybe I'll check that out. Give it a few episodes, you know, see if that's what you're into. But like I said, the kind of the switch up to between the fighters and stuff, uh, you're kind of coming to see these two worlds collide, right? Uh, And they're they're interesting enough and their backstories are, to me, are fascinating enough to keep me going. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see how this ends. And again, there was no, there was not a big preamble. It just gets right into it, like for the most part, which I really respect. Because usually tournament arcs and stuff in an anime are a little ways down the line, you got to introduce a lot of players and what they can do. Uh, but this one's like, nope, we're hopping right in. And I respect it. I like it. So again, it's like Soul Eater meets Fate's Day, kind of, sort of. So there you go. That's record right now. Those are my thoughts on it. Again, like I said, if you've seen it, let me know. Let me know what you think. Anyway, we are going to move into the next segment of the show. The segment I like to call, that you like to call, that we all like to call, Time Killers. That's right. It's not for Time Killers all right so what have i been killing time with games movies tv all that stuff i want to talk about a game here today i was playing it with my buddy jason hashtag or at djstrom i shouldn't say hashtag but just at djstrom uh we are playing a way out now you guys might remember uh this game from hazelite studios it is by uh the the great joseph ferris uh who you guys would know from this clip no i'm just kidding i'm not putting the clip in there um But (laughs) he was on the Game Awards a few years ago and he maybe said some things. Pretty fascinating, fun stuff. But this game is really interesting. It is a co-op exclusive game. You got to play this with somebody. You can do it locally. You can do it online. It's on Game Pass now. So that's how we were playing it. We're playing as two convicts in prison who have kind of a shared interest in going after somebody, but they have to break out of prison. Now, I don't think this game is super duper long because we played about an hour and a half and we got pretty significantly through, I think, a lot of the plot. But it was really cool because unlike other co-op games, and I love co-op games, but rarely do they force you to work together. This game forces you to work together. Like, brothers and also like... Um, oh my gosh, it just came out recently. It takes two. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's fantastic. It's so nice because like there are times where he needs to help me do a thing or I need to help him do a thing. And it's like, oh, you got to knock on this window to distract a guard and then he can, you know, run past him or he has to hand me like a wrench through this kind of area because we can't get through the metal detector, stuff like that. I think it's really fascinating and it's just pretty cool to see a co-op game that really bathes in the co-op versus like a lot of shooters where it's like drop in, drop out. Like, yeah, it's great that you're here. It got a little harder. There's more enemies and now you can shoot them, you know, with me. (laughs) And I appreciate that. So, yeah, a way out. I've been having fun with it. I think it's really cool and I am I feel kind of bad that it took me this long to get to it, but you really need someone to play alongside. That's kind of the big thing there. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. Uh, still watching Big City Greens. You should guys should check out that show. Still really funny. Uh, let's see. What else, though? Uh, that's pretty much it for the most part. I got to catch up on Loki and Rhea and the Last Dragon. I got to watch that, or I'd like to watch it. I still haven't seen Luca. There's a few animated films I need to catch up on. So hold me to it, Legionnaires. Be like, Jimmy, we got to go do this. And I'll be like, all right, I can do this. I'm also... I feel like getting close to the end of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm like 60 hours in. I'll be honest, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's getting a little long in the tooth. I can feel the repetition coming through a little bit more because they kind of have, like I've said in the past, like these three-hour little chunks of campaign that are kind of similar. But I think I've almost uh, gotten the whole board on my side. That's the hope anyway. <laughs> I'm just like, please. uh please. Um but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've been killing time with right now. Oh, I've also been reading a book. Uh, and my my mom's been kind of giving these books to me because of the hopes and dreams I have for going... Because I'm planning on some big changes coming up here, but we'll talk about them. Uh, but I got this book here called Capital Gains. Uh, if you guys know Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, the Magnolia folks. Really uh, interesting. He's such a fascinating guy. And uh, I think we have a few things in common. I think he's a little more... Um, I don't want to say energetic than I am, but he is very much a go-getter, and I respect it. Uh, and he says some things that make me kind of tear up sometimes, and I'm like, yeah, uh, really kind of cool. He's got like a few different books, um, and this one is kind of his his personal story and what uh, it took to get him to where he is today. And it's a lot of um, interesting kind of, um, I don't want to say self-help, but uh, some kind of cool reminders and things like that about life. And I was like, yeah, dang, this is good. So I've been picking that up and reading it again, and yeah, it's been great. Anyway, now it's time for my personal favorite segment of the show, which is community feedback and questions. Yes. Ah, I love it. I really do. I, seriously, guys, it's my favorite. Please, if you're listening to this, pause right now and write in a question. Write in a topic. Whatever you want to see on the show. I had someone write in uh, Mechareka, wrote in some great ideas on our Discord. Or put it in the comments. I would just, or tweet them at me. I just, I love hearing from you guys. It's the best. This one came in the other week, but I wanted to read it from Lodiaz. It's about E3. He said, It felt a little weird uh, without the spectacle, and that's in quotes, uh, that are around a quote-unquote normal E3. I'm glad it was back, but also felt a little too toned down, if that makes sense. Devolver's press was amazing, though, and I feel like we need more of it. But Gearbox could have done without any of whatever the heck that was. All right, Lodi, yes. I love it. And I get it. As we've been talking about, as we kind of did wrap up with E3. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that's the pandemic. And I think so much of it is that a lot of them have to hold back for next year. Uh, You know, especially like Microsoft, I think has a lot more they could have shown or want to talk about. But I think it was like Bethesda, Halo, we're good to go. But I know what you mean. And I miss the in-person press conferences. There's something magical about them, baby. There's something magical. I just love the weird moments. Even if they don't land, I'm like, oh. Oh, it's just so cool to see people try. I just, I really adore it so much. (laughs) This question comes in from Simon the Shark Man. He says, question for a podcast in the future. Have you ever met a big time celebrity? And I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know if I have. The closest I've ever gotten, is I'm pretty sure I saw Steve Martin driving a red Porsche when I was in California in like the early 2000s. I'm pretty sure, which isn't like a great story. Uh, He was driving just normally. He was fine. Uh, But besides that, no, not like a big time celebrity. But I thought just to kind of help it out and maybe like, you know, put that out in the the universe. Here are three I would really like to meet. I'd like to start with this one. Keanu Reeves seems like a super chill guy. Seems like a really nice human. Just like someone I could just sit down and talk with about deep stuff. Just seems really cool to me. I've seen some interviews with him, and I'm like, dang, I got looks so cool. Like, he seems so nice. So that's that's one of them. Also, lately, I've been taking master classes, but Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren's so cool. She's a really, really talented actress. And uh, I would love to talk with her about acting or just life. She just seems so cool. And every time she pops up in, like, an action movie, I'm always like... There's Helen Mirren. No, oh, I love Helen Mirren. Uh, and last, I would really love to meet Kelsey Grammer someday. I'm a huge Frasier fan, and I, I'm really hoping that that kind of um, continuation of the show that's coming is great. But I would just love to just to chat with him. Uh, he, I think he's a really talented actor. Anybody who was on Frasier, they're all fantastic. Uh, but he's like the one. I'm like, oh my gosh, just kind of embodying that role for. Uh, two decades. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And there's a lot of other big time celebrities I'd like to meet too. But what are the big time celebrities you would want to meet? Who do you think you would like really enjoy talking to? Are there any that like you love but would just be too afraid to talk to? You'd be like, oh my gosh, it's John Stamos, you know, or <laughs> it's Emma Stone. I can't, I just can't. Uh, yeah, those are two other ones I'd love to meet, by the way, too. They they seem fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I just want to, I kind of want to meet everybody. You know, I'd sit down with Morgan Freeman, you know, <laughs> like, let's talk for a bit. Or Jim Carrey. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, this list could go on and on. But let me know down in the comments who, who are the celebrities you want to meet. That you, If you could just sit down five minutes, ten minutes, maybe over a meal, who would it be? Tell me. And maybe why. You can say why if you want to. Uh, but like I said before this, if you ever have a topic or an idea for a show, we're just kind of doing it. I'm doing it. You know what I mean. I'm just making the show happen, baby. No matter what. All right. And if you guys have a fun entertainment-related topic, I have a few kind of cooking that I'm thinking about doing here. Uh, so please uh, never hesitate to tweet them at me with the hashtag criticalpodcast. Oh yes, look how fancy that was. And you can tweet them at JimmyGood013 or at our official account, which is at GoCritical. Uh, but yeah, we have a discord as well. Also have a Twitch where I'm streaming usually once or twice a week, at least uh, under critical reviews, banner Instagram, been posting over there. If you're missing anything, uh, like the videos, I'll post it there as well. Uh TikTok, we've been posting some things on there. We have a Teespring for shirts. Uh but a shout out to MechaReka and to uh at the Behemoth for making me this one. This is Nergagante. You guys have probably seen him in the past. That's not affiliated with me, but I just wanted to shout it out. So if you're looking for some merchandise, either critical reviews or something else, check out the Bearhemoth. Uh I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, but finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. You guys, I I really appreciate it. You don't have to do any of this stuff, uh, but I appreciate that anybody gives us any amount of money uh, to to help fund the shows and to kind of um, keep things going. And uh, I just I really appreciate it. But the best thing you could do, the greatest thing, is just to share this around if you enjoy this, or just let me know, give me feedback if you make it to the end of the show like this. uh, Let me know what you think of everything, and if you're okay with the solo format and all that stuff, please. Uh, But I do have a guest coming soon that a few of you might know from the past. Also. I actually, by the time this comes out, it will be coming out a little bit before this, but I was on an episode of the Provost to Park Pass podcast. They are uh, Disney content creators. They focus primarily on Disneyland and unveiling the secrets of Disney attractions in Disneyland, Disney World, and eventually around the world. And they've done a little bit of that, but it got kind of cut short in 2020. Uh, but they asked me to be on the show, and I was very happy to do so. They've been on this show about twice now. So I expect to be on their show at least one more time to kind of even it out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, check that out. That's going to be on Spotify and Apple and Audible, I guess, which is really crazy. Uh, I got to figure out how they do all that. Anyway, so if you want to hear me um, chatting on another podcast, check it out. Check it out, will you? All right. Either way, guys, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you all. Love and hugs. Oh, my gosh. Big hug. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye.